Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McLean, and you can reach me at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm Greg Rogan. You can reach me at Greg Rogan, R-A-J-A-N, on Twitter. Greg, a lot of things going on. Number one, it's Texans playing their last game of the season against the Titans at NRG Stadium. Titans heavily favored if they win. They secure home field advantage in the playoffs, the first round bye. A lot of talk about Derrick Henry playing. I don't believe he will. I don't know why they would. He's been out since the last game of October, had foot surgery, first week of November. He's been working out like a fiend. And I'll tell you an interesting stat, Greg, I used in a takeaway on Wednesday. Since Derrick Henry went down after eight games, in the last eight games, they are only 97 yards less without him than they had with him. And that's with a couple of Texans castoffs, Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard as their primary backs. That's a philosophy that Mike Vrabel has. He's got two former Texans offensive linemen, center Ben Jones, right tackle David Quisenberry. So with those four ex-Texans, helping them run the ball. They continue to do it very well, and I figure they will steamroll the NFL's worst run defense at NRG Stadium. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how they've you know managed to weather all this adversity this year, all, all the players they've lost to injuries or dealing with COVID situations, and to enter Week 18, which still sounds kind of weird to say, with a chance to clinch a first-round bye just by winning, not needing any help. I mean, They've got plenty to play for. So whatever whatever notion we had earlier in the season that the Titans would come in here and be resting starters the last week, that won't be happening. And I don't see any reason why you would risk injuring Derrick Henry before the playoffs. I, I would just let him practice this week, rest up next week. You have the bye. He can he can, you know, ramp up before a playoff game. I would be shocked if the Texans beat the Titans again. I mean, last time it took five turnovers, four interceptions by Ryan Tannehill and it was still only a nine-point game. I don't really have too much optimism about the te- how the Texans will fare this weekend. It it seems like this Texan season has lasted like nine months. You know, it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson showing up at training camp was just five plus months ago. That's for sure. One thing interesting about Derrick Henry, he's been gone for eight games, and he's still sixth in the NFL with nine hundred thirty-seven yards rushing, and of his ten rushing touchdown only. Six players have more than he does. That's pretty remarkable, but even more remarkable is where they are. 6-2 with him, 5-3 without him, including the loss to the Texans. They lost to the Jets with him. But if Derrick Henry comes back and he can be in the playoffs what he always is in regular season, the Titans are a legitimate Super Bowl contender up there with Kansas City, and they beat the pants off the Chiefs in regular season, which gives them the head-to-head. Well, John, we we didn't record last week because of the holiday, but it sure was a busy week for football news. Um, I wanted to just pick your brain on a couple topics here. Andre Johnson, the former Texans great, is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in his first time on the ballot. How much did that surprise you that he's made it to this stage? As one of the 48 members of the selection committee and the one that's presenting Andre, I've kept him up to date on every step of the way of what I was doing, going back to we met before. And then I told him what the plan was. And then I told him what the plan was to get him to 25. Then I told him my plan to get him to 15. Now I've talked to him about my plan to help him get in the Hall of Fame. He's got two guys ahead of him, Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt, both of whom are in their third year 
as finalists. I think he's got a good chance, Greg. There's 15 finalists, and uh, we meet on the, I think it's the 16th of January to uh, make our presentations. And first of all, we'll vote on the senior, Cliff Branch from Houston, the uh, late Cliff Branch, great receiver from the Raiders. Um, Dick Vermeil is the coach nominee, and Art McNally, longtime referee and supervisor of officials as the contributor. We'll vote yes or no on them after the presentations. And then we'll make our presentations for the 15 modern era finalists, reduce the list from 15 to 10 to 5, and then we'll find out three days before the Super Bowl on the NFL Honors Show uh, when everybody else finds out. thing about Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne was drafted by Hall of Fame general manager Bill Pullian, coached by Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy, had Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. He had a Hall of Fame receiver, Marvin Harrison, opposite him. He had a Hall of Fame running back, Edger and James. Torrey Holt had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Kurt Warner. And I think Hall of Fame coach in Dick Vermeil, I believe, will put him in. And then he had a Hall of Fame receiver opposite him in Isaac Bruce. And he had a Hall of Fame left tackle in Orlando Pace. And Andre Johnson had none of that. Greg, he never even had a receiver opposite him who had 900 yards in a season. So I think he's got a good chance, but it's going to be tough when Bill Polian, the general manager who drafted Reggie Wayne and Tony Dungy coached him, they're going to be pushing for Reggie Wayne. I'm going to be pushing for Andre Johnson, and those guys are Hall of Famers. And it's going to be a challenge, and I'm looking forward to it, as I always do, because it's such an incredible honor to present players. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, John, in 2006, you received the McCann Award, which is now the Bill Nunn Award. John Madden, the late John Madden, who died last week, was inducted as part of the 2006 class. What are your memories from that induction, you know, kind of going into the Hall of Fame the same same year as John Madden? He was so happy, Greg. You know, it had been a long time since he'd quit coaching. He stopped after 10 years. He was the quickest 100 victories. His winning percentage is still the all-time best. He had, he won a Super Bowl after losing five championship games and and I think the best the best rivalry I've ever seen, the nastiest, the meanest, the Steelers and the Raiders from the 70s. And then, of course, I, we're not supposed to consider somebody for their overall impact. You're in a category. But I think in the thinking of the committee, you could not deny his impact on the NFL. And over time, it was larger than anybody in history, first as a coach, then as a broadcaster, then as a video game magnet. Can you imagine, Greg, in 1988, when EA Sports approached him about putting his name on a video game? Can you imagine Madden probably like, what's that? And he made millions. And today, so many people that know Madden, they don't even know he coached for the Raiders. All they know is his name's on video game. And I was so happy when we went in, and he was like a child. Most of them are, but because Madden's such an emotional guy, animated, demonstrative, he was just like on cloud nine the whole time. A lot of times when you see the guys, Greg, in Canton on induction weekend, they're, they try to be super cool till they get up and make their speeches, and then they cry like babies. And Madden was like a kid on Christmas that whole week. John, I have to ask you, when you look at John Madden, if you look at the 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 most influential figures in NFL history as far as non-players, would he rank at the top with guys like Pete Rozelle, Howard Cosell, and you have John Madden? 
I'm not sure anybody else really fits that category. Maybe a tech shram. I mean, where do you think he ranks as far as the most influential figures in NFL history? Top two, Pete Rozelle and John Madden, without a doubt. Nobody else is close. Rozelle steered the NFL through the merger, which was the biggest thing that ever happened to the NFL, the TV contracts. And, and back then was when they did the gate split that allowed and sharing the TV money, which allowed Green Bay to stay in business with all those big market teams. But Madden did it. If you think about it, when he was named head coach, when John Roush resigned from the Raiders to go to the Bills, he'd only been an assistant for two years. He was 32 years old. And people thought Al Davis was crazy. They thought, well, he wants somebody he can control. And he couldn't control Madden. Those guys went together like bacon and eggs. They were Their personalities were different, but they loved coaching and they loved winning. And considering the impact that Madden continues to have today, you could make a case that he, not Pete Rozelle, has had the biggest impact on the NFL and where it is today is the most popular sport by far. Another death last weekend, uh, Dan Reeves, longtime coach with the Broncos. He coached with the Giants, the Falcons, took Denver and Atlanta to the Super Bowl. He had a nice career as a player with the Cowboys. I think he went to nine Super Bowls as a player, assistant coach, or head coach, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Is that a is that a kind of a startling omission there, that a guy as accomplished as Dan Reeves isn't in the Hall of Fame? No, because he wasn't a Hall of Fame coach. He wasn't a Hall of Fame player, and he wasn't a Hall of Fame general manager. But if you put him all together, and you were to say put him in the contributors category, which we've only had six years, that's where he should be. But if you look at him as a player, and I watched him throughout his career, especially early when I was growing up in Waco, and Dan was a good player. He was a player coach for Tom Landry. His success as a player is not Hall of Fame material, and his success as a coach wasn't, I don't think, and as a GM wasn't, but I think he should be nominated as a contributor at some point, and then he deserves to go into the Hall of Fame based on everything he did. John, Black Monday's coming up on Monday. How many uh, openings do you see around the NFL this year, coach-wise? Something that I'm keeping a close eye on, if the Raiders win at home over the Chargers to win, to make the playoffs and close the season with a four-game winning streak, their coach, Masaccia, he I think he deserves another chance. And there's talk that Mark Davis wants to hit a home run because it's Vegas, but that guy overcoming... Gruden's firing. Henry Ruggs, one of their, their top deep threat, losing his career over having that automobile wreck. And then they had a losing streak, and they bounced back. He's, he has been, he's worthy, Greg, of getting another chance, I believe. I have no idea what Mark Davis will do. Jacksonville's already interviewing coaches. Most people think Mike Zimmer's gone eight years in Minnesota. They've been a big disappointment this season. And one that keeps speaking out, hoping to get a third year, is Vic Fangio at Denver. Now, the Broncos' defense is really good. Their problem is they don't have a quarterback. They were very interested in Deshaun Watson until the civil suit started piling up. And I know they'll be interested again. If Watson will reach settlements with his accusers, there's a bunch of teams that will be interested. And I still believe Miami will be interested. This is three years in a row. The Dolphins have not gone to the playoffs with Brian Flores as their coach, and I haven't seen anything from Tua Tonga Valoa that makes me think he's going to make people in South Florida forget about 
Deshaun Watson. That's not going to be the case, and that's where Watson wants to go. And there will be a couple of coaches that will surprise us. Brian T. Smith and I wrote dueling columns for Thursday's Chronicle. He thinks David Culley should be fired. I do not. And we both said why. And I'm hoping Culley will be back because I think he deserves it. I think it would be blatantly unfair to fire a guy with after one season in which they stuck him with one of or not the worst rosters in the NFL. I'm hoping that will be clarified early next week when we meet with Cully and Nick Casario in their end-of-season Zooms. There's so many guys that have been on the job one in two years. You know, used to, Greg, they never would get rid of coaches after only two years. Now there's such demand for instant success, you know, the two worst teams in the league. Uh, well, actually, if you look at the first three draft choices are going to be Jacksonville. Jacksonville, of course, is going to have a new coach. Detroit, Dan Campbell's in his first year. Texans will pick third. Cully's in his first year. Jets, Robert Sala, he's in his first year. There's questions in New York if Joe Judge will be out after two years with the Giants. They're going to hire a new general manager. The new general manager comes in like all GMs do. They have a list of coaches they've wanted to hire if they were ever in that position. So maybe Joe Judge will get fired because the Giants have been terrible, but mainly Daniel Jones who finished the season injured. Daniel Jones has not been worth where they picked him for the last three years, and that's a team that should be interested in Deshaun Watson, the Giants. Thanks for listening to our Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McClain. You can reach me at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And I'm Greg Rajan. You can reach me at Greg Rajan, R-A-J-A-N, on Twitter. 